What up, what up, what up, what up? Before we begin today's episode of Paros, just a few quick announcements. First, it is the first episode of September, meaning that it is donation time. Here at Paros, each month we pick a new charity and donate $1 for each patron that we have at our team at patreon.com slash And at the time of recording, we have 478 patrons, meaning that we are giving $478 to a charity, and that charity is the Ghana Educational Collaborative. This charity came as a suggestion from listener Zoe Monroe, and it's a charity that supports scholars in Ghana with financial aid and vital resources. So the money that you donate covers things like class fees and exam registrations and textbooks and college tuition and food and other outside support, all sorts of things like that. What's really cool about the program is that they take students in Ghana that have been recommended by their teachers as high achieving students, but these students are in tough financial situations. Like one student, for example, Godwin lives with his mother and father who are looking over 13 members of their family in the same household. So financially, it's just not feasible for him to go to college, but this charity allows him to do so. So if you go to ghanaedcollaborative.org, you can learn about all of the students in this program. There are currently 14 of them, and they are amazing. So this charity is really great. I'm so happy to support it, and thank you, Zoe, for the recommendation. I'd also like to thank the sponsors of today's episode of Potterless. This is a monumentous occasion because we have two sponsors. First, it is sponsored by... Our first sponsor is Audible. You know them, you love them, they read books to you. If you go to audible.com slash Potterless or text Potterless to 500-500, you can get a free audiobook download with the start of your 30-day free trial. And our second sponsor is a new one. It's the app Calm. Calm is the number one app for sleep meditation and relaxation. It was named Apple's 2017 app of the year. And I just did a Calm meditation session before recording this, and I feel so zen. And you can get 25% off a premium membership if you go to calm.com slash Potterless. So thanks to these sponsors, and I'll talk more about them in the middle of the episode. And speaking of thanks, we have some amazing people to thank, and that is our new patrons. So shout out to Evan Stevens, Jen Lemaire, Sarah Gonzalez, Inez Pereira, Caitlin Valla, Rebecca Cortez, Kay Thaker, Molly Ball, Ella Iggs, Rachel Johnson, Shannon Cleveland, Tiffany, Madison Upton, Natasha Raybould, Katie Source, Kyle Beard, Samantha Dumbler, Dor Ben Sr., Alyssa Holdcraft, Hane Vogstad Ronnelly, Nicole, Margaret McDonald, Vanessa Potsold, Lily, Joshua Hatch, Dana Navarro, and someone that made their name Justice for Ludo. Also shout out to Katrine Monk and Nita Atabani who upgraded their pledges and a huge shout out to our newest producer level patrons Victoria Renee, Kyla Schultz, Elena, Heather Richardson, Takari Aran and Darlene Ruiz. They joined the ranks of Leanne, Vicky, Aaron, Erica, Calvin, Sadie, Jesse, Natalie, Deborah, Kyle, Alex, Frank, Marchismo, Tori, Samantha, Juan, Jenna, Kieran, Louise, Akanksha, Rebecca, Abid, Caitlin, Benjamin, Rosemary, Jill, Maria, Lisa, Ariel, Romina, Kumail, Anthony, Diego, Russell, Jenny, Dustin, Katie, Audra, Indiana, Eleanor, Sydney, Billy, Rossan, Micah, Andrea, Nikita, Colette, Chrissy, Shrina, Lala, Chelsea, Taylor, Sammy, Lovekesh, Varney, Ali, Kalmage, Cassandra, Roxy, Emilia, Sean, Jeremiah, Courtney, Sarah, Jesus, Ben, Emily, Francisco, Rachel, Mary, Marcus, Zachary, Gabrielle, Jessica, Natalie, Arna, Brandy, Melody, Kristen, Jonathan, Lexi, Zach, Elisa, Daisy, Jessica, Orga, Jonathan, Joe, Isabel, Steve, Vivian, Kim, Samuel, Megan, Allie, and Sean, who never get any error messages when they use self-checkout at the grocery store. If you want to be like one of these amazing patrons and get access to exclusive merchandise like stickers and shirts or bonus episodes or my notes or our monthly live streams, you can go to patreon.com slash potterless and sign up today. So without further ado, let's get into episode 50. Hey, episode 50. That's pretty sweet. What a fun little milestone. I'll get gushier next episode because that'll be one year of Potterless, but episode 50 of Potterless starring my beloved sister, Megan Fruhoff, covering chapter 20 of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Hello, internet, and welcome back to another episode of Potterless, the tale 
of a 26-year-old man reading the Harry Potter series for the first time. My name is Mike Schubert. I am that grown-ass man reading these children's books, and I am here <laughs> back with my beloved sister, Megan Schubert slash Fruhoff, who is going to talk about chapter 20 of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. How are you feeling, Meg? Are you ready to get into this much more serious chapter? Oh, yes. I'm feeling great. I love this chapter. I have a weird question. Yeah. Are you ever going to like, you have so many Patreons now. Are you ever yes. going to uh, just like be like, okay, guys, I can't handle saying everyone's name ever anymore. <laughs> I've always been able to talk very quickly. Yeah. Sometimes to my detriment, I every single time I had to give a presentation in a business class of mine, the first note I always got was like, maybe talk a little slower. Yeah. But I think it has come in handy where I can just rapid those names. I think eventually though, I'll probably just get to like the thing at the end of car commercials on the radio where they're just like, I'm going to be, prices of participation may vary. Like, I'm just going to, just going to be like Maybe that. Maybe you should have like a poll, like, will you be offended if I stop saying your name and just say like, thanks guys. We'll see how it goes. I mean, my belief is like, it usually doesn't take like that long. Yeah. And it's for a good cause. Like, no, I get people, it. Everybody these, is These amazing. patrons are amazing and it's so good. And eventually I'm going to be able to quit my day job and do this full time. And that is like, I will spend two minutes and lots of oxygen saying people's names if that's what it takes. Yeah. But yeah. If it gets to the point where it's like comically obnoxiously long, like maybe I'll have to do something where I just say first names yeah. <laughs> or something. I feel like you should take a poll because it's like, obviously everyone listening has to listen to everyone's name. It should be like, you can, would it be you better? You can skip. Yeah. People, that's true. Like, hit that's the skip true. Button. Fast forward is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> you can hit the button or do a voice command thing. Tell Alexa to skip ahead 15 seconds. You know, you can, you when can I listen deal to you, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like that poor man <laughs> saying all those names again. Uh, and now there's like 10 more people. <laughs> it's, it is the best problem to have. It's a wonderful problem to have. Yes, so thank absolutely. you to all those Patreon supporters. If you want to hear me say your name while I'm short of breath, head to patreon.com slash Potterless. Uh, but anyway, let's, let's start chapter 20. <laughs> this was a fun one. So we I love with, this chapter. I do love this chapter. Good, good, good. So it opens up with Hermione being friends with Ron again. <sighs> thank God. It's so annoying for us and Harry when they're not friends. Let's yes. be real. Definitely support her not wanting to put up with Ronnie who's being obnoxious, but they were both being way too much and I'm glad that it's finally passed them. Yeah, I mean, it's not on level with like book four where they're like that not was speaking. That was ridiculous, but still mm. semi-annoying, so. Yeah, it was for good reason, but still annoying. Yeah. But also, Hermione has good news for Harry is that Dean and Ginny had a fight which awakens Harry's love monster it, <laughs> from, its, <laughs> from its slumber. Harry and asks, oh, uh, 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 what, what did they fight about? Trying to be casual, failing. Hermione <laughs> sees a right through that shit. <laughs> well, she sees through the second time. The first time she doesn't, the second time she does. But this time she basically just says that they were fighting because Dean thought that the whole McLagan hitting Harry in the face with a bludger thing was funny. And Harry says, oh, well, there's no need to split up over it. Oh, oh, or are they, are they still together? <laughs> <laughs> and Hermione says, no, they, they didn't break up, but why are you so interested? <laughs> and gives Harry a sharp look, and Harry tries to, like, play it off real cool. Hermione continues to look suspicious. Harry tries to play it off, saying, oh, I just, I just don't want the Quidditch team to get messed up. Hermione not buying it at all. Not at all. Another thing that happens here is interesting. I don't know why this was in the book. While they're talking and walking, they come upon a first-year student looking at a tapestry 
of some trolls and has some scales. And when she sees them walk in, she gets scared and drops it. And then Hermione does Reparo to them. And then while they're continuing walking, Hermione goes, I swear they get smaller every year. And I don't know if this is just a fun little aside to show the passage of time that they're kind of top dogs at school since they're almost seniors or if this person is going to be important. But I did just find it a weird three sentences that didn't matter. So I just made note of it to see because it seemed very confusing to me. We'll find out, won't we? Either yes, it'll we never will. be Either mentioned way. again or <laughs> you'll probably read about it five pages before the book is over. That's just yeah. how these little things go. <laughs> it really, it could be like Justin Flinch, Finch Fletchy or whatever his name is because he was very weird and then it was just, oh yeah, he was just weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> didn't really do anything. So they see Luna and Luna says that she was going to the hospital wing to find them, but they had already left and she has a rolled up parchment for Harry which means another lesson with Dumbledore which yes. fuck yes My i love anytime this happens this <laughs> it's so good anytime this happens i get so excited so so excited so before she can leave ron says nice commentary last match and luna thinks that ron is making fun of her and ron goes no 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 i actually really enjoyed your commentary he had mentioned this to harry before in the hospital wing he just thought it was really fun and refreshing and after she leaves ron turns to them and she, and he says i know she's insane but it's in a good way. But then before he can continue this thought, Lavender comes in and Harry and Hermione immediately go, uh, we got to go and leave. I don't know why I'm just realizing this now, but her name is literally two colors, Lavender Brown. <laughs> big red flag, big red flag. It's just two names. <laughs> it's a worse version of someone having two first names, which is always a always, red flag. Yeah. <laughs> like Rick Steves. I don't know. Can I really trust oh, your travel stop. advice? Your I name is Rick Steves. <laughs> Do not touch no, Robert he, Steve. <laughs> he he is great. I it's, it's what a suspect name. <laughs> like yeah, Rick seriously. Steve. <laughs> no, not pretend. Rick Steve. I'm talking about Lavender Brown here. Rick Steve yeah. is amazing. <laughs> Two colors, really? Two colors. <laughs> it's like she just was playing with crayons and picked two and stuck them together. <laughs> yeah, my name is uh Violet Red Mac and Cheese. Uh, <laughs> So the next scene, though, unfortunately, they are at breakfast and Ron and Lavender are still there. So he has not broken it up. <laughs> He's too afraid. <laughs> I mean, I can sympathize as someone. I've only broken up with one person in my life and I did a very bad job of it. And it dragged on far longer than it should have. And it's a big regret of mine the whole way that I handled it. So this is Ron's first time ever breaking up with someone. And my first time, it was very hard just because I got in my head of being like, oh, I want to do it in the right way at yeah. the right time in the right place it's like yo there's n just do it early it's always better just get it done and i had to unfortunately learn this the hard way uh, so i can like get ron especially him being in high school and stuff like it's even harder just to no, i mean be i totally worried about what it. everyone's gonna think blah 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 so i can get it but he does just need to rip the band-aid yeah i kind of did the same thing when i was dating someone and i didn't want to be with them anymore i would just like slowly get less and less <laughs> like uh, talk to them more less and, more and less yes exactly and then when i would just wait for them to break oh, up with me i can't believe my own sister was that girl oh, my totally. own sister well i was always really <laughs> busy so i would just like start getting busier like just start babysitting more or you know mm -hmm. i always had dance and track and whatever and then mm -hmm. i would just become less and less available and then they would like just break up with me and i'd be like okay cool <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, Megan. Oh, Megan. Uh, so <laughs> Harry does notice that while they are unhappy at the table together, Hermione smirks a couple times, which is great. Hermione, now that she's friends with Ron again, resumes helping Harry with his homework. Basically, the reason that she wasn't helping Harry with homework was because she knew that if she helped Harry, Harry would then take it and tell Ron the answers to stuff. So now that she doesn't hate Ron anymore, she's allowed to help Harry. So she was helping him with his herbology essay. Oh, hormones. <laughs> uh, so then it comes time for Harry to go to his lesson with Dumbledore. As he walks in, he opens the door, does the password, which is another stupid dessert. I hate this password things so much. <laughs> Toffee eclairs was this dessert. I mean, but that one sounds delicious. At least. It does sound good. Unlike acid drops, which yeah. sound painful. Eh, yeah. Probably like lemon drops, I guess. They sound like warheads. Oh, I mean, <laughs> like I did the... love warheads. <laughs> Great time from the 90s. Loving all these 90s references we're sneaking into this one. Well, that was my prime. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, come on. You're killing the game as a mom. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I feel like I got 10 years older when I had a child. Uh, well, I'm hey. just kidding. They're amazing. They're a blessing. Have <laughs> <all>. <laughs> yeah, you're really doing a good uh, good sell for me. We've talked about just wanting to sleep more than anything and feeling 10 years older. Uh, no, I love her. I love her. <laughs> no, she is the cutest baby in the world. Uh, I, I know. I know. <laughs> thank God she's a cute baby. It would be so annoying if I had to pretend to think that she was cute. No, she is actually amazingly cute. Some babies are just weird looking. It's okay. We all grow out of it. Beyonce yeah. was an ugly baby. I don't think I was the cutest baby. I was so fat. I looked like the Michelin man. I was a gross baby. But <laughs> your little Aurora is the cutest. So I'm yes. glad I didn't have to be like, oh yeah, she's She's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> My own niece. Uh. No. When Harry walks into Dumbledore's office, he is in the middle of a meeting with Trelawney, and she is very heated. She's apparently very upset about the whole Forenzi teaching her class thing. He's What's the name of their dumb class? Uh, Divination. Divination, right, the stupidest. I hope that's not in the Harry Potter iPhone game. My goodness, I don't want to go to divination class. I forget. Uh, I think astronomy is, but I don't remember. Oh. Well, I just don't want to do anything with Trelawney. It'd be so annoying. <laughs> yeah, I guess it'll worst. be her. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, she leaves, and Drumbledore is stressed about the whole thing. He basically says, though, that she doesn't realize that she's so much safer being at the school. She doesn't know that she gave the prophecy because when she gives the prophecy, it's like an yeah. out of body type mm -hmm. thing. And he doesn't think that it would be safe if she's outside of the school because then Voldemort or the Death Eaters might try to get to her, get the prophecy out of her, et cetera, et cetera. So he kind of has to keep this bad professor at the school, not only for her safety, but also for the world's safety, basically. <laughs> she has to stay there, even though she sucks. Yeah. Dumbledore, the first thing he asks is, so uh, how did the task I gave you at the end of our last lesson go? And Harry just, ah, said Harry, he was brought up short. So Harry's like, oh, right. <laughs> That thing I was supposed to do that I failed really bad at and then didn't try again at at all. Yeah, and then uh, Dumbledore pulls the old, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. So I'm so glad that you are on this episode. And I just, the, the powers above must be looking out upon 
these episodes of Potterist because I always find a way to have the perfect guest on when things happen because our father, Joel Schubert, is always the king of I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. Oh, the, he is the <laughs> utter king of I am not mad, I'm just disappointed. There's a direct quote which I related to so much. It says, Dumbledore had not raised his voice. He did not even sound angry, but Harry would have preferred him to yell. This cold disappointment was worse than anything. And oh my goodness, that was so our dad. childhood. So, so dad. Much. So dad. <laughs> uh, gosh, so yeah. But basically, Dumbledore gave him that runaround because he asks Harry, did he try it? Harry's like, yeah, I tried it this one time. It didn't work. And then Dumbledore asks, well, did you try again? And Harry <laughs> says, well, I was hoping to hit, well, like, get him kind of drunk. Then. Yeah, I was, I was hoping to get him drunk, but then wrong up Blame it on Ron. Yeah, Blame Dumbledore. Blame it on Ron. <laughs> Dumbledore basically says, oh, okay, so you you really exerted all of your efforts. You tried everything possible, really pushing the guilt trip on Harry. So Harry totally. feels awful, basically comes out saying, I'm really sorry, I should have done more. Dumbledore's like, yeah, duh. Yeah, says, so, okay. I'm I wasn't born that, yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was born 200 something years ago, maybe. So he says, yeah, you know, just get it next time. We really need it. It's very important. There's a reason why I told you it was important. It's important. I'm Dumbledore. Yeah, he's like, I'm not bullshitting. <laughs> yeah. This is for real. Like, hi, have you read the first five books? I'm Dumbledore. Like, there's a reason <laughs> why I'm asking for this. So Harry says, I'll do it, sir. I'll get it from him. So Dumbledore then gets into what they're going to be covering in this lesson, says that there are two more memories that they are going to do. He says that this is where things get murkier and stranger, though, because it's less about fact and it's more about guesswork and speculation. Yeah. Especially because it's just hard to keep track of what Voldemort did after he left the school. Dumbledore says, I doubt that there's a soul alive apart from himself that knows everything that he did once he left Hogwarts. Yeah, I mean, he was like a super loner for a while. And then yep. I think Dumbledore mentions how like even if people did remember things about Voldemort that they kind of want to forget it or you yep. know what I mean. Or they're or dead. They're dead. <laughs> or they're Death Eaters. There's not any like, hope. I had to look at a timeline too because this is a lot of years ago. Like, I get it that wizards live longer than humans, but, like, Voldemort's, mm -hmm. like, 60 or 70 at this point. Like, he's an old geezer. He was in the school in, like, 1950-ish, I think, because I think that trophy he's on is, like, on 1950 well, or 40 Yeah, because they say that the chamber opened 50 years ago in year two. Yes. So you're like, yeah. okay, he was maybe, like, a seventh year. Yeah, so he's, like, in his late 60s. He's... Late 60s, old. early 70s. Yeah. yeah, he's an old geezer, but I guess wizards, they do age differently because mm -hmm. Dumbledore is a million and a half years old. Yeah. The first memory that they're doing is by an old house elf by the name of Hokey. This immediately made me think of the Hokey Pokey. Yeah. And when they were doing the thing to go in the pensive, I really wanted Dumbledore to say, stick your right hand in. Uh, I would have been, oh, I wanted it. I wanted it so badly. That would have been an amazing, like very tiny J.K. Rowling joke to throw in. But alas, I did not write these books. So before they go into this memory, though, Dumbledore gives a little bit of a backstory about Tom Riddle, basically saying that he was the king of the school. He was prefect. He was head boy. He won the award for special services for the school. And when he graduated, everybody had all these high hopes for him. Slughorn wanted to hook him up with a ministry job. All these people thought he was going to achieve great things. He ended up working as a clerk at Borgen and Burks, though. And there's a great moment where Dumbledore says, Voldemort worked at Borgen and Burks. At Borgen and Burks? Harry repeated, at Borgen and Burks, repeated Dumbledore calmly. And I thought 
thought that a musical number was going to start. Cat organ and Berks. Basically what happened was Voldemort asked the headmaster at the time, Professor Dippet, if he could just immediately start becoming a professor and teach defense against the dark arts at Hogwarts. And Dippet said, no, you're just too young. I don't think this is the best idea. And he said, come back in a couple years. So he didn't take this very well. And then he just ended up working at Borgen and Burks. Like a true drama queen was like, F this. Yeah. If I can't work at the school, I'm just going to work at McDonald's. I mean, it, it would basically be like someone goes to Parsons Fashion School. It's like, I want to be a designer. It's like, okay, we'll come back in a couple years and maybe you can teach people fashion. Fine, I'm going to go work at Urban Outfitters. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, obviously he's just doing it so he can stay around the creepy stuff that he cares about. Harry asks why he wanted to teach at Hogwarts, though, why, if he becomes so evil, why would he want to stay around the school? Dumbledore has a couple theories. The first of which is that he thinks that Voldemort was really attached to the school because it was the first place that he really felt accepted. And then Harry feels slightly uncomfortable at these words because this is exactly how he felt about Hogwarts. That how he still feels. Yeah, there are more and more parallels between the two that we learn about. And I Definitely. find this super interesting. Well, it's crazy, too, because it's like Voldemort's fault that Harry feels this way. Because obviously... Mm -hmm if Voldemort hadn't killed his parents. Mm -hmm. It just relates back to the whole prophecy thing, like how Voldemort yeah. created the prophecy in a way. Yep. Harry wouldn't feel this way if Voldemort hadn't killed his parents. He would have a home. He would have parents, and Hogwarts would be a school, and he would grow up knowing he was a wizard, unlike the way he grew up in a muggle mm -hmm. household, if you will. So Yeah, exactly. So that was the first reason. The second reason is that the castle is a stronghold of ancient magic. So he thought that he would want to, you know, do some sort of snooping and find the, some secrets within the castle. And then third, if he was a teacher, he would kind of have control over some students and he could kind of pull a slughorn and basically start recruiting people to be Death Eaters yeah. at an early age. And you're like, valid point. All very valid points and also super valid on Dip It for not making him a professor, whether or not Dippet had these same suspicions, it's good that he did not make him a professor because that would have been super bad. Well, I thought Dumbledore says like he advised Dippet against it or something. He but, did. Okay. He says that he did. Yeah, so really it's like, damn, Dumbledore, you thought of everything. He's super smart, and that's why he's the headmaster, and that's yeah. why he's the best. It sounds like obviously everyone was obsessed with Tom Riddle when he was mm -hmm. in school and that Dumbledore yeah. was really like the only one who was skeptical about him. Exactly. Just really good intuition there, I guess. Yeah, he's super smart. So apparently at Borgen and Burke's, Voldemort's job was to persuade people to part with their treasures that they had <laughs> and basically just try to get people to sell away their valuable stuff and trick them into it. And he was amazing at it. Exactly. <laughs> Dumbledore says he was really good at it and Harry goes, I bet he was. <laughs> so the lady that is in this memory, her name is Hepzibah Smith, which woof, this name. Hepzibah, Hepzibah. Hep Hepzibah, Hepzibah, whatever her name I is. I don't know. She's this old, fat, rich lady and they go into the memory of Hokey, her, her house elf, and it's this weird situation where Hepzibah's like starting to get ready and put on a bunch of makeup and stuff like that because she knows Tom is coming. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they have some sort of like meeting schedule. I was wondering if this was a date of some sort. She wants it to be. And she does. <laughs> that Exactly. That's basically what you learn. She gets all ready. Hepzibah gets all ready and then asks, how do I look, Hokey? And then Hokey says, oh, you look wonderful. And then the book is absolutely savage. Harry could only assume that it was down in Hokey's contract that she must lie through her teeth when asked about this question because Hepzibah Smith looked a long way from lovely in his opinion. Whoa. <laughs> Narrator Harry, damn! Damn! damn. <laughs> 
clearly she is not his type. Nope. Also, like, way to be named Hepzibah and then your last name be Smith. Smith. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So Voldemort enters the room and he looks more handsome than ever. Oh my God, I said, I was like, God, Harry, how obsessed with Voldemort are you? Like, always talking about how handsome he is. He did this with Sirius and now he did this with Voldemort. He's always commenting on his looks. He has such the hots for Voldemort. (laughs) Or I guess Tom Riddle. Yeah, definitely pre-snake because yeah. once he becomes slightly snaky in the next memory, Harry's like, ew, gross, he looked like a snake. Yeah. Ah, ah, ah. Every time he sees Tom Riddle, he's like, oh my God. Ooh, Tom. He's so that good boy. Looking. Who that boy though? Yeah. <laughs> so he walks in and there's a great thing where she asks Tom, Tom, uh, how are you? You look pale. As, I mean, yeah, he's Voldemort. Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> That's kind of his thing. He is there to obviously look at some stuff, but what Hepzibah wants to show him are these two prized possessions that she doesn't want him to tell Mr. Burke about. She's like, can you keep it a secret? Can you, keep, <laughs> can you promise to not tell him about it? Why, why, are you do, why would you do this? She is the dumbest person. I'm sorry. Oh, this dude works for a pawn shop. And you are trying to show him valuable items? Come on. She's delusional. She yeah, just, she is. She She's, thinks exactly. Voldemort's selling personality is actually flirting with her. And she just, mm-hmm. like, wants to do everything in her power to, like, land him. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, she wants to show off her cool things to look cool. It's yeah. just like anytime someone buys something fancy, you want to show it off. Exactly. So, yes, basically the summary is that Tom Riddle is very good at his job. Duh. The first thing that she shows him is a small golden cup with two finely wrought handles, and it's got a honey badger on it. Or, sorry, it has a badger on it. <laughs> oh my god, I wish the honey badger was actually well, <laughs> Hufflepuff's mascot. <laughs> is, it, is it just a regular badger? My yes. bad. I, I got conflicted. So I got conflicted with the honey badger thing because that was a fun internet sensation when but I was in college. the honey badger is like so so much more badass. Oh, yeah. So Okay, so here's a fun story time with Mike. So I went to Rice University, which has a Harry Potter-type system in it where you get randomly sorted into a house, and that's your dorm building, into a residential college. And the one that I was in was called Hansen, and we were the very friendly one, so everybody made the joke that we were the Hufflepuff of Rice. So my senior year, we uh, very much embraced it. Like, I even hosted a Harry Potter themed party, which looking back is hilarious. Because you knew nothing. I knew nothing about it, but I knew enough to get it. Uh, I got the Quidditch team to play in our quad and everything. It was, I went all out. I made custom shirts. It was if wonderful. If you had known about it, would you be like so open to being in, being a Hufflepuff? Uh, yeah, I always thought Hufflepuff was <laughs> okay. super cool. Like I knew enough about the houses. I always thought I was a Hufflepuff until I took the Pottermore quiz. I feel like JK hates Hufflepuffs. Maybe she does. Even oh, more she than hates them so much. Because the way she describes Hepziah, it's like, of course she's a Hufflepuff. She makes yeah. them like all fat. Their dorm is next to the kitchens. Yeah. Like, come on. She's so mean to Hufflepuffs. It's so dumb. Like, even, so even the thing about, oh, th- them winning one regular season Quidditch match against Gryffindor was the greatest thing to ever happen in the past 50 years. Oh, geez. Okay. They're like the biggest rejects. Like, it's like Slytherin so is mean evil and Hufflepuff is just the rejects. I mean, I guess I, she gave them so Cedric, unfair. but then she killed him. So Yeah, here's this awesome person. He lasts <laughs> three quarters of a book. Ugh. Well, I guess we like Professor Sprout, though. But Sprout's dope. I like Sprout. Yeah. And her completely canon, this is completely canon, her wife, 
Madam Hooch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I see Hooch more as a lesbian than Sprout, but... Uh, I mean... I see Sprout as more of, like, a cat lady. Yeah, but maybe Sprout's bisexual and Hooch is just full lesbian and they're a lovely lady-lady couple. This is my brain. I see Sprout as, like, asexual. Well, maybe. Who knows? Anyway, my dorm was jokingly called... People tried to use it as an insult. They called us the Hufflepuff of Rice. We embraced it and there was a big water balloon fight thing as part of Beer Bike that happened every year and there would be chance that all of the colleges would yell at each other and for one, they would try to yell at us and they thought it was mean. They would go, Hufflepuff of rice, Hufflepuff of rice. And we replied at the time because this is when that Honey Badger YouTube video was sweeping the nation. We all did a dance and said, Honey Badger don't care. Honey Badger don't give a shit. And it was so much fun. So yeah, that's why in my brain, I thought it was Honey Badger. Also thought it was alliteration. Hufflepuff, Helga Hufflepuff, Honey Badger. We know how much J.K. Rowling loves Alliteration. That's uh, true. I mean, it would have worked even better if they were a honey badger. And the fact that in the video, the honey badger, doesn't he like kill a snake? Like he in does. such I, a badass yep. way. And it's like yeah. Hufflepuff just killing off Slytherin. Yes. Whoa there, past Mike. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. How about we take a quick breather because it's time for Wingardium Adridosa. Today's episode of Paros is brought to you by Calm. Do you ever feel stressed or anxious? Like, let's say, for example, you are a full-time engineer, right? But you also host this Harry Potter podcast on the side, right? But then you have to constantly juggle recording episodes and reading material for your episodes and replying to people on social media and mailing out merchandise to people and constantly dealing with people sending you messages that in Gobble to Fire, Barty Crouch, when he called Percy Weatherby, actually was making a mistake on his last name being Weasley, not on his first name being Percy. Oh my goodness. I can't imagine the stress. Well, that's where Calm comes in. Calm is the number one app for sleep, meditation, and relaxation. <laughs> Look, all joking aside, Calm is an app that has guided meditation. So for about 10 minutes or so, it'll play soothing background music like Falling Rain, and then someone will guide you through some meditation. What's great about the app is that you get to custom tailor the meditation to your particular goals. So when I launched the app, I said that I wanted to reduce stress and improve my focus, but there's all sorts of things like increase happiness or have sounder sleep. So whatever you're looking for, Calm has for you. And if you go to calm.com slash Potterless, you'll get 25% off a Calm premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of premium content. You can go back and listen to all sorts of guided meditation on your particular goals, or they have these great things called sleep stories, where it's people reading you basically bedtime stories for adults, which is great because I love listening or watching something to fall asleep to, but I don't always pick something very relaxing. This can help you have a more sound sleep. So again, if you go to calm.com slash Potterless, you get 25% off that premium subscription, which is already only a couple bucks a month, but now you get a discount. So again, that's calm.com slash Potteros, and you can begin your relaxing guided meditation today. And now you'll hear words from a few sponsors who make it feasible for me to be a full-time podcaster. Some of these ads will be read by me, others of them won't. The ones that aren't are inserted locally, so if you live internationally, don't be surprised if you hear an ad in your country's native language. And once those ads are complete, we'll get back to this episode of Potterless. This episode of Potterless is brought to you by Arena Club. Now, if you listen to this podcast, it should be no secret that I am both a sports nerd and more of a traditional nerd. And when you think of these two types of nerddom, there's one thing that links them together, and that is card collecting. Whether you are looking to buy, trade, sell, or display a card collection of sports cards or Pokemon cards, you should check out Arena Club. ArenaClub.com is the place where you can do all of these things. I have recently made a purchase on the 
Marketplace. I got Lieutenant Surge's Raichu, which is my favorite Pokemon, and I didn't even know that there was a Lieutenant Surge version of the Raichu. So that is a card that I now have, and it's not just some digital thing. I can have this card physically mailed to me. So there's a bunch of cool stuff you can do with Arena Club, including their slab packs. If you have ever done any sort of card collecting, you know that ripping packs or repacks can be a zero transparency type of thing where you're just hoping you get some sort of cool card. But what's nice about the slab packs with Arena Club is that you have full transparency. You see what available cards are there, what your percentage of getting them is, what the gradings are. So it is not a complete black box. You're going into this knowing what cards you might get. And I've been using Arena Club and it's pretty cool. It's very easy for me to look up different cards. I can favorite them, see what I want. And then whenever I want them shipped to me, I can get them shipped to me and then I'll have the physical versions of them. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash potter. Listen, wow, that is a wild offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack is 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash potterless for 10% off your first purchase. So if you want to collect some cards or rip open some packs in a more transparent way, whether you're a sports nerd or a Pokemon nerd or all sorts of nerds like me, you can use Arena Club today. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. So basically the cup has a badger on it and Tom immediately realizes that it's got to be Helga Hufflepuff's. Hepzibah says that she is distantly descended from Helga Hufflepuff and that this cup has all sorts of powers inside of it. So that had me interested because I think this is the first time that they talk about these old school artifacts having powers inside of them Mm -hmm. before they just talk about them being valuable. And this is something... Well, no, I mean, obviously we know Gryffindor's sword has powers yeah so i think it's like the same kind of thing i don't think it it, you know it probably just like is a oh we're gonna get so much shit but jk definitely makes all the hufflepuffs fat and it's probably got like some kind of refilling property (laughs) (laughs) yeah gryffindor gets a sword slytherin gets some sort of locket hufflepuff gets a cup i know a plate and a bowl (laughs) Well, Slytherin gets a locket and a ring, right? Yes. Jewelry. <laughs> yeah, jewelry, because oh, they're so wound up. They're so full of themselves. <laughs> yeah. So that's the first item. The second item is the golden locket from Marope that she sold to Burke, but Hepzibah says that she bought it off of him, and she yeah. says, oh, you know, I bet Burke wants it back. I had to pay an arm and a leg for it, but now I have it. And Tom Riddle goes crazy when he, he sees it. He flips out. His eyes turn red. He freaks, and he can't hide the expression on his face. Yeah. And this is where, this goes back to a previous thought that I had, where the ring that they had gotten before that then was gone, in my mind, why Dumbledore has his hand burnt and all messed up and stuff is because he's destroying these things. I don't know what the special power is or what mm-hmm. they do. I think it's probably, given that Slytherin, Salazar Slytherin sucked, it's probably some sort of evil power inside of it. So my guess is that Dumbledore is trying to get a hold of these things so that he can destroy them because they have like evil magic 
inside of them. He's trying to prevent Voldemort from getting them because clearly Voldemort wants all of these things. Obviously. We know like that he collects treasures from like that yeah, younger Yeah, he's got memory. his magpie tendencies. Mm-hmm. Obviously a good theory. I don't know what they are but or what the evil is, but I think that this is what I'm thinking is going on. Yeah, or and it can just be like a converted evil. I mean, how you can like take something that has magical properties and perhaps like turn it a different way and maybe he's Well, yeah, kind of like, like how you turn a regular item into a port key. You have a normal item, you put some sort of magic in it. Yeah. Now it's evil. Yeah. Maybe that's what's going on with these lockets and stuff is it was a normal locket. Now there's something evil inside of it and it does something else. Yeah, or, or I mean the locket and the ring could have been evil to begin with because they were Slytherins. Also true, that guy. That shit is crazy. <laughs> so yeah, he freaks out. Harry notices his eyes changing. She even notices his eyes changing a little bit. He tries to play it off. She says, are you all right, dear? And he goes, oh, yes, I'm very well. And at this point, I <laughs> knew she's dead. Crazy. Yeah, she's gone. She, R.I.P. I wrote real big in my book, R.I.P. She's dead. They end up leaving the memory. Dumbledore tells Harry, Hepzibah Smith died two days after that little scene. And honestly, I'm surprised she made it that long. Samesy. I really thought Voldemort was going to kill her. She sends Hokey to put away the two items, and I really thought he was just going to turn and Avada Kedavra both of them right then and there. But what we learned happened is basically the exact same thing that he did with Morphin, where she dies two days after because there was poison inside of her cocoa, and it was the same thing where he did the memory planting inside of the house elf, Hokey, to think that she accidentally put the poison in and killed her. So the ministry then convicted her and put her away because the ministry is racist. And once they heard that a house elf was guilty, they didn't look into it at all. And they just went, yeah, sure. It's probably her or whatever. Lock her up. Well, I mean, it's smart. Obviously Tom Riddle at this point isn't the most powerful wizard in the world. Exactly. Like he is now where he'll just Mm -hmm. kill in front of everyone because no one's going to do anything to him, but he's like covering his own tracks. I mean, he's got it down to a science and he's very good at it. It is very crafty. Yeah. And it's scary. Cause he's like, what, 18, 17. And you're like, yeah, he, he just graduated. So yeah, he's about 18 when he does this. So he's got his stuff together. Just like murdering people in cold blood, like the yeah. villain through and through. <laughs> yeah. So by the time Hokey was convicted, Hepzibah's family had realized that the two great treasures were missing. It took a while, though, because Hepzibah was keeping them very secret out of jealousy, stuff like that. And by the time that they wanted to look into this further, Voldemort was long gone. He had left his post at Morgan and Burke's. He had basically just vanished. Nobody knew why he quit the job or where he went or why he left, anything like that. So by the time there, there could be any suspicions about this death, they couldn't find any single way to either pin it on Tom Riddle or find out where he went at all. Dumbledore then does his, my favorite part of these lessons, which is when he kind of recaps why that memory was important. Yeah. And he says, you'll notice this time that he killed not for revenge, but for gain. Yeah, I wrote the same thing. So now he's gotten to a point where he's using his murders to be strategic and move himself forward more so than just be angry and lash out at his family. Totally. He's really calculated, I guess. He is. I mean, he's a good villain. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. So Harry thinks it's mad that he would risk everything to throw his job just for these items, and Dumbledore says, you will soon learn why these are very important. Yeah, and he doesn't care about his job either. Like, nope. this is just a temporary position. He's using this job to get to these items, much like he was going to use his Hogwarts job to 
recruit people. Like everything has an ulterior motive. Totally. It's always trying to see what Voldemort can get out of a situation and just do things thinking, what about me? How does this help me? How does this help me advance? Exactly. Harry asks, I understand the locket, but why would he take the cup? And Dumbledore says that he thinks it's just because of his connection to the school and he couldn't resist taking an object so steeped in Hogwarts history. Yeah, I didn't think Hepziba, Hepziba, whatever, was going to (laughs) die if she didn't show him the locket. Oh, yeah, it wasn't until the locket that I knew some shit was going down. Yeah, I don't think she was going to die over the cup, but when he saw the locket, he was like, that's mine, bitch. But if it is a cup that gives you unlimited whatever, yo, a cup that gives you unlimited chocolate milk, I consider, (laughs) I I don't know if I would murder, but I mean. (laughs) But if she was already dead, you'd swipe it too. If she's already old, you know, she sucked too. You know, maybe. (laughs) So that is the end of that memory. They say they're going to go into the next one. Dumbledore says that 10 years separate the last memory and this memory. Harry asks whose memory it is, and Dumbledore says, Mine. And I made the noise from Home Improvement. Like, what? And Dumbledore's like, And it's super clear. You'll be able to see everything. It's the best memory ever. (laughs) Nobody's brain is better than mine. (laughs) (laughs) So. The narrator has to keep making the distinction between current Dumbledore and Dumbledore in the memory by calling him younger Dumbledore. Yeah. Uh, just call him Yungledore. Like, <laughs> I've, I've established this. It's the better term for past Dumbledore. Doesn't he talk about like his hair too? It's like, and then auburn haired Dumbledore and then yeah. white haired Dumbledore. <laughs> they just keep using all these different ways to like clear. It's like, yo, call him Yungledore. Yeah. It's in the past, but not super far in the past. But Harry does note that he looks a little bit different, especially Dumbledore's office and stuff like that. Well, it's probably like 30 or 40 years because mm-hmm. he's like 60 something or yeah whatever, yeah i mean it's 10 years I... after voldemort has graduated so yeah it's it's like he's like 27 so yeah so this memory actually takes place on the first day of dumbledore becoming the headmaster Damn. the memory is a meeting that was set up between the two like it wasn't tom just going in unannounced he basically welcomes tom into his office and Harry notices that he looks different, not super hot. Harry is very upset that he's not super hot. I know. He's like, oh, this is the turning point. <laughs> oh, gross. I'm out. I'm out. Uh, yeah. uh, oh, plastic surgery is just so bad. Uh. <laughs> he went from like hottest guy to Michael Jackson slash snake. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. God, what a shame. What a shame. So, yes, basically, he notices that his eyes look a little different. They're not basically the full scarlet slits that they are now, but they definitely look a little bit different. So, that he's just not as handsome. <laughs> Harry's like super into this. Yeah, like yeah. He's, describing everything. Yeah, he's like, he's paler. The whites of his eyes are all bloody. His hair isn't as good. He's wearing this I mean, long like, black cloak. so crazy. You have to think about like how much he's describing his eyes. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. I can tell you. I feel like I could tell you just a few of my friends' eye color. Oh, I don't yeah. know that I like know all of my friends' mm-hmm. eye color. This raised a question for me is, in the movies, does Voldemort have like slit eyes? I feel like he didn't. I feel like he still had like normal person eyes. Like he's got the no nose. Yeah, but he's got They're the not no-nos. like straight up slits like he's a snake. No, but I think they are like red. Yeah, I think they're red, but I don't think they're the straight like vertical line like 
like he's describing no. here. So I found that interesting. I guess he just would have looked super fucking creepy and they didn't want to terrify children when they made the movies. Yeah, I think so. So when Voldemort walks in, the first thing Dumbledore says is, good evening, Tom. So Dumbledore's sticking to call him Tom, which is great because even the narrator's calling him Voldemort at this point. Yeah, <laughs> which I think he even calls him Tom like last year when they have the big duel. That was my favorite part about the fight was that right off the bat, He's like, Dumbledore you, calls Tom. him Tom. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's such a power move. It's so good. It is so Voldemort's so, so like, don't call me that. It's an anagram of my name. Oh, I worked so hard. Oh, so Voldemort man. congratulates him on becoming headmaster. Then again, Dumbledore calls him Tom, and Voldemort says, They do not call me Tom anymore. These days I am known as I, I know what they call you. <laughs> like, don't He's go like, in the whole You spiel. made it up. That's so because you know that he was going to be like, they call me Lord Voldemort, and it, it's actually clever, and here's why. My full name is Tom Marvel. <laughs> we get it. Oh, my God. Your middle name is very well, convenient. Like, can you think about, like, a lot of his death eaters, they talk about, like, in Slughorn's memory, you know, like, Lestrange and stuff, and mm -hmm. it's like they end up being his henchmen his death yeah. eaters or whatever. At what point is he like, okay, guys, stop calling me Tom. Can you yes. call me Lord Voldemort now? And yeah. they're like, whoa, cool name, cool. bro. Yeah, we'll call you that, sure. Yeah, it's like if, <laughs> if you're in high school and you change your name to like Explosion yeah. Thundercloud. Like, no, Wait, we're not calling like, you that. What the, what the fuck? No, stop. you're Tom. You're Tom Your name Riddle. is Tom. <laughs> yeah, so they did note in the books that once he found out that his dad was a muggle, he didn't want to go by that name anymore. Anymore. So I, this is a question, and I wrote this down in my book. When did the name change stick? And at what point did it turn where you're right? At what point were people like, okay, we'll call you Lord Voldemort? Because if I was his friend, even if I was the Death Eater, he's like, all right, guys, don't call me Tom Riddle. Call me Lord Voldemort. I'd be like, what? Yeah. No, no. We're not That's doing so that. <laughs> what is that? It's French for flight from death? No. Well, I guess stop. you just have to think about, like, he's clearly the Regina George of his friend group. And oh, maybe yes. everybody's just they like. They had to do it. Yeah. They're just, like, way too afraid of him. Like, they oh, don't... yeah, that's really cool. It's a super cool yeah. name. It doesn't sound dumb at all. You're so Otherwise, smart. they'll be like, you can't sit with us if you don't call <laughs> me Lord Voldemort. <laughs> or you can call me the Dark Lord. Yeah. But don't call me Tom. <laughs> That is so last year. <laughs> it's like the opposite of fetch. Like, Tom isn't happening anymore. <laughs> Dumbledore tries to say, this is just an irritating thing about old teachers. It's just hard to call people behind what we used to when they were youthful. Voldemort, not happy about this. Obviously. But Harry notes that Dumbledore's refusal to call him Voldemort kind of shifts the dynamic of the whole meeting because it is Dumbledore establishing that he is not going to give in to the whims of Voldemort and it doesn't yeah. let Voldemort dictate how the meeting goes and Harry says that he can really sense the vibe change. So super smart move by Dumbledore to do it. Whether it really is him just being an old teacher or what I think it is, is this conscious choice. Super smart by Dumbledore to do it. Yeah, I think it's like a... Two for one, if you will. Yeah. So Voldemort is going on about him being headmaster, saying he was confused that Dumbledore decided to do it. I figured you would have been the minister by now. I've heard you've been offered it twice, and Dumbledore goes three times at the last count, actually. <laughs> Not to <laughs> brag or anything. Yeah. Let me just brush my shoulders off real quick and let you know how many times they asked me to be wizard president. Because I'm that much of a badass. I'm the best. I don't know if you've heard of me. My name is Albus Dumbledore. Here's my chocolate frog card. <laughs> so... Voldemort says that he is basically back 
to ask to be the Defense Against the Dark Arts professor again. He says, I'm here a bit later than professor expected, but I have returned nevertheless to ask you what I wanted when I was a youth. So, yeah, Dumbledore, though, not feeling it. Yeah, Dumbledore's like, yeah, no, uh, Bubby, uh, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, because he says, rumors of your doing have reached the school, Tom, and he says, quote, I should be sorry to believe half of them. So clearly, Voldemort's done some shit, and Dumbledore knows that he's done some shit. Voldemort calls it greatness, though. He's saying that greatness inspires envy, which will lead to rumors and people talking badly about what I've done. And Dumbledore says, ah, I wouldn't call it greatness. And they're clearly butting heads about how they view what Voldemort has done. He's trying to make the argument that he has pushed magic to its limits and is finding new ways to do magic and, like, pushing the boundaries. Yeah, and Dumbledore's like, yeah, dark magic. Exactly. He says, yeah, only <laughs> some kinds of magic. He says, of some kinds of magic, of others you remain, forgive me, woefully ignorant. And Voldemort <laughs> tries to smirk and laugh it off and taunt him, saying that, oh, this old argument, I'm not going to believe that love is the strongest kind of magic, Dumbledore, which is famous last words because that's what keeps Harry alive and prevents Voldemort from Obviously. murdering a baby. Dumbledore's like, fine, don't believe me, but you're only going to hurt yourself. Mm -hmm. So Voldemort says, no, but I really do want to be the professor. I think I would be great. And Dumbledore goes, oh yeah, what about those people that you command, huh? What about your Death Eaters? And Voldemort is surprised that Dumbledore knows about the Death Eaters. He didn't expect Which this. pause, like, what about that name? Where the hell did Death Eaters come from? Like, it doesn't make like sense. like a bunch of cannibals and it's yeah. weird. They eat death. Uh, it doesn't, it does. Uh, no. He's not good at naming things. He's just no. really not. No, he, he should have retired. <laughs> Let somebody else name it. I mean, because even like the Dark Lord is better than Lord Voldemort. Yeah, Dark Lord is way more intimidating. Yeah. But anyway. Than being like, look, I found an anagram of my name. It's French for fight from death. Like, you fucking yeah, it's nerd. Like you tried way too hard. Way buddy. too hard. Way too hard. It's you can never give yourself a nickname. Somebody else has to give you a nickname. Otherwise, it's dumb. You sound stupid. It's like when Kevin Durant tried to call himself the servant. Like, no, your name's Kevin Durant. We should all call you Durantula. It's good. Or like when Prince tried to name himself a symbol. Yeah, clearly that didn't work out. Yes, it was a cool looking thing, and I like his guitar that's in that shape, but we're not gonna call you whatever it was. And it was cool that everyone called you the, the artist, artist formerly, formerly known, as, known as Prince. And that was way cooler than whatever the I symbol know. was. <laughs> so he says, my friends will carry on without me, I am sure. <laughs> Dumbledore says, I'm glad to hear you consider them friends. <laughs> I was under the impression they are more in the order of servants. So Dumbledore is still throwing shade. I love it. Yeah. Dumbledore's like wizard formerly known as Tom. <laughs> you should have called him that. Would have been <laughs> so good. Voldemort says that he's mistaken, but then Dumbledore says, oh really? If I were to go to the Hogshead tonight, I wouldn't see not Rogier, Mulciber, and Dolohov just waiting here. They're just kind of <laughs> here to see how your job application goes. <laughs> and Voldemort's like, damn, he got me. <laughs> mm -hmm, he knows. And Voldemort's trying to say, wow, you're as omniscient as ever. And he goes, oh no, I'm just merely friendly with the local barman. <laughs> like, uh, not only is Dumbledore killing it, but he's sassing him and trying to be fake humble at the same time. Oh my goodness. So sassy. Dumbledore is amazing. So Dumbledore just cuts right to the chase. He just says, let us speak openly. Why have you come here tonight? Why are you asking for a job both of us know that you don't want? Just <laughs> cut into the chase. Cut no the bullshit. bullshit. Just tell me what it is. Yes. And Voldemort tries to say that he really does want the job. Dumbledore says, no, I know that that's not what you want. What are you really after? Why don't you just ask for it? 
and Voldemort doesn't want to tell him what he's actually after, just decides to say, well, if you're not going to give me the job, I'm going to leave. Dumbledore says, no, I'm not going to give it to you, and I don't expect that you thought I would give it to you, so clearly you came here for some sort of purpose, but Tom doesn't want to tell him anything, so he pieces out. They just kind of leave, but before he can leave, Dumbledore basically says that he really wishes that he could make Tom feel bad for his crimes and make him want to change his ways, but he just knows it's a lost cause. He says, I wish I could, Tom. I wish I could, which is a really sad and genuine moment from Dumbledore. Clearly, he is hurt that one of his top pupils doesn't want to be good and actively wants to do evil. It sucks. It's really sad. Yeah, it's like the world is losing, you know, a very powerful wizard to the dark side almost. Just such potential. Yeah, and it's like he's going to do everything he can to prevent him from, you know, making mistakes he can't come back from. Mm -hmm. It's very much an Anakin Skywalker episode three Star Wars thing where it's like, you were supposed to be the chosen one. You weren't supposed to join them. You're supposed to destroy them. Same kind of thing. Not that there is a big bad for him to conquer, but if he was good, he's so good at magic. Imagine the kind of stuff he could have done if he wasn't evil. Yeah, and it's kind of, you learn about it in the next book that this happened to someone else in Dumbledore's life. So I think Oh yeah, Grindelwald, right? Yeah, so I mm -hmm. think he ha he sees like a parallel and sure. he's History just repeating trying itself. Yeah, and he's trying to do everything he can to, like, save him before he can't save himself. But I also don't think Dumbledore even knows, like, obviously what Voldemort's already done. Like, sure. he's almost already past the point of return, but yeah. still. Yeah, yeah. So then that's the end of the memory. Harry asks, why did he come back? Did you ever find out? Dumbledore says he has some theories, but he will tell Harry after he gets that memory from Slughorn, which I think is a great incentive for Harry to actually do <laughs> his Harry's damn like, job. like, oh, the pit in his stomach comes back kind of thing. Like, right, I gotta do damn, that thing. still disappointed about that, huh? It's such a good move. It's always so yeah. good. It always worked when Joel did it to us. The final note, though, that ends the chapter as well, Harry's like, he did want the defense against the dark art jobs, right? And Dumbledore says, yes. The aftermath of our little meeting proved that. You see, we've never been able to keep a defense against the dark arts professor for more than a year after I fused the post to Lord Voldemort. So did he like curse the post or something? Yeah, or... that's what I was like, the curse of the Dada. Yeah. <laughs> did he actively curse the post or did Voldemort just always have his ears to Hogwarts and say, all right, they got Gilderoy Lockhart. How are we going to kill Gilderoy Lockhart? Eh, he'll probably no. kill himself. We don't got to do anything. Uh, let's I mean, see. Let's see. Lupin. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Obviously he had a hand in like half of the professor since Harry had been there, like, being gone. But yeah. I feel like Lupin was just, that was just sad that he had to leave kind of thing. Yeah, super sad. It's just got to be a curse thing. Yeah. The weirdest thing, too, was, like, that the guy who was pretending to be Moody was actually a good teacher. He was the best. The thing <laughs> you got to give Barty Crouch Jr. credit for, he did a very good job of method acting. Yeah, like, I know. Like, <laughs> he, he really, really got into it. Because if real Moody was the teacher, he probably would have been that good. He was very good at sticking to his role. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you meet real Moody. Have you met real Moody? Yeah, yet? you meet real Moody and Harry yeah. basically comments. He was really similar to fake Moody, just a little more but anxious. Like, yeah, more, and more paranoid. paranoid. <laughs> yeah, and you're just like, oh, I liked fake Moody better. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Barty Crouch Jr. I will still forever hate him because you weren't Ludo Bagman. Uh, but that is the end of this chapter. And that is the end of this episode of Potterless. Megan, how do you feel about chapter 20 and these much darker flashbacks? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I have to tell you, you know, the pensive Dumbledore lessons are my favorite part about this book. So good. They're so good. So I'm so happy I got one. Yeah. And I love the one I got because it has two in one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a twofer. And they're both good. Let's be honest, the Slughorn one was kind of lame because you had all the smoke in the clouds. We were like, oh, I know. no, Tom, don't ask me about horcruxes. I definitely said this. <laughs> <laughs> you got two good ones. I know, I know. But I don't get, I don't get when he finally, you know, can figure that one out. Mm, mm -hmm. That's oh. a good one. Okay, well, we'll see what happens there. But no. Megan, thank you so much for joining. And listeners, thank you so much for listening. And I'm sure once I get into some more stuff, we'll have some great conversations to make up for our backlog of Harry Potter talks we never had. Uh, oh and you'll gosh, be on future yeah. episodes as we discuss the next two chapters. So yes. it won't be long before we're talking more Harry Potter. But I know. I'm so excited. It's going to be so good. <laughs> so thanks for joining. Listeners, thanks for listening. And until next time, as they say in the wizarding world of Harry Potter, before they jump into the pensive, wizard on! <laughs> We've talked about the patron-exclusive merch on this episode, but did you know that Potterless has a merch store for everybody? If you go to bit.ly slash merch on, you can get all sorts of Potterless merchandise like Ludo Bagman posters, Wizard on pins, Potterless stickers, house color shirts, all sorts of fun stuff. That's bit.ly slash Potterless. Potterless is created by Mike Schubert. It is hosted by Mike Schubert. It is edited by Mike Schubert. It is produced by Mike Schubert, as well as <gasps> Leanne Davis, Vicky Garcia, Aaron Johnson, Erica and Calvin Bauer, Sadie Bear, Jesse Horgan, Natalie Klobuchar, Deborah Wilkins, Klaus Lopu, Alex Stark, Rebecca Adam McFrank, Chiodo Marchismo, Tori Larsic, Samantha Rose, Juan Sanfilio, Jenna Dowsett, Kieran Webb, Luis Nisak, Akansha Saxena, Abita Med, Caitlin Drone, Pontolo, Benjamin Bridges, Rosemary Dodge, Jill Boulay, Marie, Lisa C. Keen, Ariel Bird, Romina Rivadanera, Camille Doc, Anthony Bonrigo, Diego Matienzo, Russell Dunk, Jenny Nilsson, Dustin Wolden Cooch, Katie Rogers, Audra, Indiana Mercer, Eleanor Curlin, Sydney Cawthorn, Billy Hinton, Ross Ann Batamana, Micah Cool, Andrea Franz, Nikita Power, Colette Smith, Chrissy Blackburn, Shrina Unacat, Lala Palmer, Chelsea Green, Taylor Armstead, Sammy Curti, Lovecash Longer, Shivani Patel, Ellie Madsen, Kamich, Cassandra, Aponte, Roxy Chaos, Emilia Krauss, Sean Montag, Jeremiah E. Hurd, Courtney Allingham, Sarah Nink, Jesus J. Morales, Ben Silver, Emily Bird, Francisco Bautista, Rachel Guthrie, Mary Bushland, Zachary Polito, Gabrielle Medcroft, Jessica Ann, Natalie Jung, Arna Guthnadotter, Brandy Baldonado, Melody McGinnis, Kristen Chavez, Jonathan Swaney, Lexi Vergara, Zach Ross Klein, Elisa Figueroa, Daisy Curtin's daughter, Jessica Jacob, Orchid Grower, Jonathan Foy, Joe Harris, and Marcus Eller, Isabel, Steve Trillower, Vivian Santos, Kim Klusmeyer, Samuel Minor, Megan Leach, Ali Ravik, Sean Cho, Victoria Renee, Kyla Schultz, Elena, Heather Richardson, Takari Arant, and Darlene Ruiz. Web design by Kelly Beckman, and the music is by Bettina Campamanes. If you want to find more information about Potterless, you can head to potterlesspodcast.com. You can find us on social media at twitter.com slash potterlesspod, facebook.com slash potterless, and instagram.com slash potterlesspodcast. If you want access to bonus content, you can go to patreon.com slash potterless. And if you want to reach out either by email or sending something to our PO box, you can go to potterlesspodcast.com slash contact. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, as they say in the wizarding world of Harry Potter, wizard on! <laughs> <laughs>